Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Janet Namaste, and I'm here to help you awaken your hidden talents and gifts that you're destined to share with the world. So whether you're brand new to meditation, healing, regression, or well into your spiritual journey, this podcast will bring you the clarity that your heart has been seeking. You will hear beautiful and powerful stories from world-renowned healers and global change makers that will inspire you as you journey through your destined path. Join me as we dive in together. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Janet Namaste, the podcast. This is um, your guiding light on the path of your inner peace, of transformation, of enlightenment. I'm your host, Janet, and I am honored to be here with you today as we embark on another journey of self-discovery, of healing, and amazing conversation. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. I am a professional intuitive healer, been doing this work for the past 20 plus years, and I am also a hypnotherapist that specializes in regression work and also in aligning souls with their dharmic paths via the destiny program, which you can check out on my site. It's something where we go into the pre-birth plan, into the essence of who you are. We uncover certain past lives that maybe play in the background as a holographic recording constantly. So we help heal that. So you can align and go into the path of what it is that you meant you were meant to be doing and without feeling that there are shackles or any type of weights holding you down. You are sovereign, beautiful, beautiful being. And I also am a founder of the Conscious Healers Academy. I really was blessed since I was a little girl being um, born the four Claire's and having all these different extrasensory gifts. I was going to say issues. They're not issues. <laughs> they're, they're definitely gifts. Um, when we're younger and we have these extrasensory gifts, quote unquote, we um, think that either everyone has them. And then when we find out that they don't, we think that we are weird or we become self-conscious. And um, growing up, it's important to have a wonderful role model or role models, if um, that's what the soul aligns is aligned to, to help and guide you into knowing who you are, confidence and, and strength, utilizing all those sensitivities into not a detriment, but on the contrary, the greatest, the greatest um, power and that you have and possess. So I was really blessed of having wonderful role models, teachers, mentors, since I was a little girl. And I founded the Conscious Healers Academy back in 2020. And it is a six month, actually, it's a six months to 12 months program that trains healers and seekers to self-heal and to utilize all of the modalities and different channelings to 
open up your own healing school if you choose to. So it's for spiritual life coaches, healers, seekers, for anyone that is aligned with knowing and delving into something deeper, a deeper part of yourself. So today's episode is really, really, really special. I have the great honor and privilege to introduce you to Dominic Sendin. Dominic and I met through a beautiful mutual friend, Ashley Gunner, and we were talking, Ashley and I, and that was just a soul remembrance <laughs> in itself. And after speaking, she said, I need to introduce you and Dominic to one another. And she truly is like an angel connector. That's all I can say. And then when Dominic and I spoke, it must have been, he's in the UK, I'm in New York. And when souls are meant to meet and connect and speak, it's as if time stands still. That's how I feel. When we started our conversation on Zoom, all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, oh my God, it's been two and a half hours already. And really it didn't even feel that 15 minutes went by. It was like just this beautiful harmonizing energy between two souls that knew one another and feel very comfortable with each other. And this soul, Dominic, he's an incredible gift and bright light for so many people. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's, um, he's really unique. He actually is able to read the soul's auric field. And the way that he explains is that every single person has a unique color signature that tells him everything about the person. And it's so interesting because in the conversation, I asked him to read my aura. And obviously, depending on whatever we're going through, through the day, emotions, digestion, exterior energies that we take on unknowingly, especially if you're an empath, by all means, we unknowingly absorb other people's fields at times. Um, it changes. But the interesting fact was that he reads me on this con in this conversation <laughs> and he knew that I was eating standing up. Now, I know that sometimes when you're in a rush and we're doing things, we are not giving ourselves that time and space and respect to sometimes sit down and have a meal and wait for our, our meal to digest. We're eating mindlessly. Now, he had no idea about a week prior to when him and I connected that we have these high chairs, like basically these bar stools that is in the middle of my, I have a kitchen island and it broke. So my husband threw them out and we're waiting for a replacement. So I have been, instead of eating at the kitchen table, I've been eating standing up, but he knew this, which was really, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. It was really, really interesting. Um, to to hear and I have to say very humbling it was a vulnerable moment he could have said whatever but I'm open I'm, and and trust in the fact of whatever messages was meant for me at that moment it was to benefit myself and maybe it will benefit you too right 
So seeing auras was a natural daily occurrence in his world, since he can remember he has seen, like, from the moment he was a young child, he has seen clouds of colored energy that surrounds every person, every animal, every object, and each color has a specific meaning associated with it. And these meanings Dominic uses to construct what is called the aura photographic profiles. So this is basically a personal summary of what your aura says about you. And you can use this to benefit now whatever is your particular profile at this moment, you can use it to benefit of eliminating things that no longer serve, whatever that looks like to you, and then start adding in of what your view of spiritual nutrition is. Whether it is the food that you put in your body, the people that you surround yourself in, the environment, the books and the media that you watch or read, all those kind of things. But everything affects your aura. You are this walking sponge. He is an author of seven books as well, a columnist for spiritual magazines. He's a television and radio host and a medium a natural medium, a psychic, teacher, he's an incredible teacher, paranormal expert, a UFO historian, and podcast host. He's the host of Dial the Cosmos. I actually was a guest on his show, and that's heard in 195 countries. And he's just an incredible human, incredible soul. He's currently working with production companies here in the United States, if you're tuning in in the U.S., on an original television program on auras. And I wish I could tell you more, but I cannot <laughs> because it's confidential and I cannot wait until um, this debuts, truly. So I will have all of his contact info in the show notes. In the meantime, I am not going to keep you one minute Um <laughs> longer and I want you to really enjoy this amazing, deep, insightful conversation. And if you're loving this conversation, please do share it with a friend, pay it forward, write a review. This is the way we can really spread the word of just ascension of love, of truth. And you know, it'll be a wonderful, wonderful gift that you um that you can do. <laughs> With that being said, I will see you on the other side. And if you'd like more information on events that I'm having this month, take a look on janetnamaste.com events. I'm doing live workshops and also online courses as well. And without further ado, enjoy the show. So welcome to the show, Dominic. Hi, Janet. Nice to be here. And thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's such a it's such a pleasure. From the moment that you and I spoke, um, we could have spoken for hours and hours and hours, which actually we did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we already spoke for about seven or eight hours, but who's counting? <laughs> who's who's counting? So I've I've been really honestly, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I've been um I think your gifts that you bring out to the world is um, truly healing to so many. I think this innate gift that you were born with 
um, for you to be able to share it with others is um, one of the most humbling and gracious gift that you give that you could give to us all. So why don't you tell our listeners, our viewers of your journey of awakening and what that gift is? Okay, well, first of all, Janet, thank you. That's very kind words, and I appreciate everyone. And it's a natural thing to want to share, isn't it? We all want to share what we do with people. And it's it's the art is to keep them awake while we're sharing it, so they want to listen and want to understand <laughs> where we come from. What what I found was as a as a child growing up, I was a little bit different. I didn't have any sort of um, fear factors, so you know, I'd jump off swings and dive under you know trees and do all sorts of things that had no fear base you know so I didn't really see life as something that I should be aware of and I should be fearful of so that was my first difference that I was as a, as a young boy then I used to see people's languages in color so if they talked to me I would see them throwing their words at me through the air so if my teacher told me off I see red or black or or green coming from them. If my grandmother talked to me, I would see the nicotine, you know, in her, in her aura, which was, you know, very green and yellow and a little bit smelly as, as nicotine tends to be as, as a young child. Yeah. And then, yeah, as you get older, you seem to work through emotions with, with colors. So you get to know if someone's mad because they've got a yellow or orange or red aura and then you know if someone's happy because they've got a different shade of yellow around them and you know they want to talk to you because their blues go through the kaleidoscopic color charts and they get about 18 20 different colors of blue coming around them as they start to engage so as you grow and you get to know people you get to know them as colors not as people so the first thing you're looking for in anybody is what their aura is. And so as a child, yeah, I wanted to play. I wanted to do the things that a child would do. But I also wanted to learn about what it meant to be able to do something that I knew was a little bit different to what my friends did. Although, you know, a lot of times it didn't really bother me that much. The only things that used to really bother me were things like having voices in my head. You because know, right. you know we know now that's schizophrenia. You know, hearing people talk exactly. to you is like uh, it's a mental illness. And hang on, why is why is people talking to me in my head? Why do I have to feel distracted by what somebody else is saying to me? And of course, you, you question that. Your parents question it. Take you to see doctors, and you get to be tested and go through all the rigmarole of what people do, and they come out being told that you're very much a normal person. You just happen to have something a little bit on top of things. Um, I think people sort of introduced it to me as being you're, you're wired differently. I'm sort of my my whole senses are a little bit different, a little bit changeable to what other people's may be, and that's why I tend to see frequency in color. And that's why I can do what I do now. It's a, it's taking something that could get in the way, you know, to making something that works for me as a as a professional and helping people to understand themselves and get the best from life. That's amazing. So the converse the conversations that you heard in different languages. So for instance, um French, what color would French be when you were younger? Oh it, you mean languages are languages? Languages yeah. is a language, yeah. or is it words, or is it like the it, intonation? Yeah. Every every voice 
every single voice, doesn't matter which language they speak, if it's German, French, Italian, has a vibration. And that yeah. vibration has a color. Now, we may say things in different words, but the meanings are the same. So if you see a Frenchman getting angry or getting expressive, it's the same as seeing an Englishman do the same thing. The words will come out the same colors or, or variants of those colors. So the actual temptation of the word is the same. So the language doesn't really matter too much. It's the intent the language comes across with. And so, for instance, if someone was shouting me at me in English, I would see the reds and the pinks and the blacks come flying at me like sort of silver spears. If um, someone shouted at me in French, I would get the same things. Right. But that wouldn't always know what the meaning of the word was, but I'd certainly get the impression of the word. And I think that's what we do in language and in body language is far more interesting than what the words are that we use. The words vary. The colors never really vary that much. So is the color, the frequency, are you, are you basically seeing the, the frequency of the auric field of the of the blueprint of the soul or of the personality when they're speaking both, both. and also of the mm. body vibration um the the aura has three levels yes. okay it has the outer layer which is always a shade of orange 110 shades of orange i've been able to record since i started writing profiles which we'll talk to you about later okay. Yep. The, the middle aura is the emotion, and it goes through lots of shades of blues, purples, yellows, browns, golds, that sort of color range. And again, the emotions are how someone's feeling inside and what their their mood is and how they come across if they are you know, feeling almost like receptive or dismissive, emotional, that sort of thing. And the inner aura, which is shades of green, is the body flow is it's like the the blood pressure the body's well-being and also the things that are going on with the body so if someone's got a knee injury you'll see a little block around the green mm -hmm. in, the, in the knee or if they've got a problem with their heart the heart won't beat quite as fast or in different ways and you'll see different frequencies of color coming from that so in a way you can sort of diagnose where somebody is within themselves physically mentally and also within their their own sort of body shape and their own body temperature so you get to see everything in fact auras tell me more about a person than anybody would ever tell me so i get to know everything regardless of whether you're going to tell me or not Right. It's just, yeah, it's a it's a great way to introduce a conversation, isn't it? Um, I can see what you're looking at and I can see what you're feeling. Now, do you want to talk about it? And and people don't get aren't used to you understanding what they're going through before they've even told you. And it's quite a good way of being able to start that particular conversation with that. It's like a lie detector test. You know, you go to the police department, they'll hook you up in all these, like, not that I've ever been there. <laughs> you seem to know a lot about it, Janet. Movies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's similar sort of thing. Um our body our body vibrates, it's it's frequency. And for every frequency we have around us, we have a color. And 
over the years, over the last 40 years, I've been able to document all those colors. I know what each color means. I know what the groups of colors mean. I know where people are. I know what they're thinking, what they're doing. Really too much knowledge in an aura. You know, an aura can be a, a multicolored, um, kaleidoscopic picture of a person that yeah. you have to just um, dissect and work out who they are. Um, I'll give you a really good example of a outer aura. Some people have one single layer, layer of orange around their outer aura. It's like the hard shell. It keeps all the energy into the body. Mm -hmm. People that go through lots of different lifetimes and life experiences tend to build up lots of different shades of orange around their outer aura. And you can see up to three layers of orange with people that have gone through lots of different life changes. So you get to see if people have gone through harsh times when they're younger or whether they've gone through, you know, a fairly straightforward life. You just get to see it in, in the outer aura before you even start looking too deeply at the color spectrum inside the middle and inner auras. So it there's lots of information. Their, so because it protects their, their auric field of all those experiences. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, if you think, yeah. Yeah, think about it in a way, it's like the harder shell. It's like the insect shell of us. Um, mm. But the more of the outer aura is is weakened, the easier energy goes out from us, the quicker we get tired. The the more the outer aura is uh, a hard shell, the, you know, the stronger our energy becomes and the more energy we have to use on other things. So the outer aura is a big, big part of us protecting ourselves against other people, other energies, other frequencies, the things that we probably walk into without even noticing, you know, the imprints in a, in a walk where you might walk through lots of energy that's been left behind by other people. That If that outer aura is strong, it will tend to bounce off. If it's actually quite weak, the energy will be ob absorbed into it. And that's why when we walk through somewhere like a, a train station or a theater, we might actually feel the energy of people that have been there and, yes. you know, long time before, you know, previous that's, that's left behind. And it got me very interested in learning about things like ghosts and um, imprints of energy that's left behind in the atmosphere, because I think that each one of us gives away a little bit of energy every day somewhere where we are so if we live um in a house our energy is going to be left there and when we're gone people are going to walk through our energy and they're going to feel our emotions and they're going to feel how we were and i think there's a big correlation between the energies that we have inside of us and the, the things that we feel that we think of as ghosts in this modern day but mm -hmm. i think it's a lot lot more than that i think that the the soul replenishes through the atmosphere. You know, the, the energy around us, um, you know, Kessler said, um, Nikola Kessler said about um, energy being in the atmosphere that we can pull out the atmosphere. Um, I think our soul pulls out some energy out of the atmosphere to actually replenish itself. So it can leave little bits of energy and then replenish it and then leave another little bit of energy somewhere. And you see this with the aura. The aura is the key to being able to see the things that we're only just coming to learn about who we are and what our existence actually means. It's amazing. You know, like it's um, when Ashley first connected us and I looked at your profile and I saw your site, I said, 
oh my God, he can see auras. This is amazing because I too, it, it's the most refreshing feeling on this planet to have like a soul brother from across the pond. <laughs> Although I see it differently and I feel like you get me. You you get me because I you know I too my parents were taking me to doctors like your parents were and they said she's a wonder kid and you're saying like he's just really highly highly intellectual he's very he's just wired differently um, but I have to say so it's really like such a refreshing feeling but a um, couple of questions when you were speaking what came up for me was number one. Now that we live in this like data, very, very fast data age where, you know, like the, the, the brilliance of it is that I could, I get to speak to you from New York and you're in the UK mm. and that's yeah. the beauty of it. The downside of it, I think like everything has a shadow side is the EMFs, the electromagnetic frequencies of like these blue lights that we're getting from our television screens, from our iPhones, from all of, you know, from our computer screens, especially during like the pandemic, everything was online. How does that affect someone's auric fields? Like, does that distort the yeah. outer layer? It can do. I think that I teach people to look up purely for that reason, because if, if you keep looking down, you spend your whole day looking at your phone, looking at your computer, looking at your okay. TV. How many people look up and the, the frequencies do change if you get away from the electrical fields around, right. you know, mobile phones are probably the, the biggest difference in my life since I was actually born. You know, I was born in 62, um, went right the way through to about 1998 without mobile phones. Right. And then mobile phones come in and now it's like a revolution everyone's looking at the mobile phones nobody's not got a mobile phone so that whole change that whole shift in people has taken them away from being free to do what they want to do into the checking their mail checking their you know their communiques and the frequencies do enter into people you see them becoming hypnotized by frequency they, they sort of you see them yeah. you probably see them in new york or in them yeah and they, they walk around like they're nothing really matters in the in the world it's just like they're, they're in a trance and i think this is a part of the problem of the world is people just do not look up enough they don't tend to take a break from from their energy if they were to go right okay i don't need this phone on for the next two hours let's turn it off they would feel a lot more energized because that phone takes away their energy when it's in their pocket. They don't realize every time you take a picture of yourself, you know, you, the picture's got that energy signature on it. It's a little piece of you on that picture. And there's people posting things up and talking to each other and they're doing things that they would never do normally. It's, it's like a comfort blanket, isn't it? And right. I never, I never grew up with people doing that. They, they hid behind newspapers instead. If you went on a train, right on the, on the subway, you get people sitting there, they'd be reading the, the big paper and they'd be hiding behind the big paper. Now you don't see that anymore. You see them behind their, their mobile phones and they have their earpieces in and they're, their energy fields are drained because their their mobile phones are draining their frequencies, and they become very. Best way to describe it is like zombified, you know, on automatic pilot. It's like they don't do it; they don't think about doing it. They just do it, and I think, well, look, come on, 
You don't need to be talking to people. You don't need to be checking the news. You don't need to be because all the things that we've got in our pockets now are frequency based. Right. That bring us in, it bring us into a, I think into a bad mood. I don't think people are in good moods anymore. I think people are in very angry moods or very upset moods because the first thing they do, they look at the news bulletin and they see all this upsetting news. It drops the frequency. So how many people do you see walking around looking up at the sky? Me and you. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. I, I don't normally see people in front of me because I'm looking up. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's another why, story. Yeah, That's why I'm always looking up. Always looking up. Yeah. It's amazing what you see. If people are listening and um, they want to have a little tip, do your normal journey and look up. You will see things you've never seen before. Yeah. Because your frequency changes and, you, and your acceptance changes of your surroundings. No, that's amazing. It's um so so going back to the other the other thought that I had was when I see auras, um yes. it matched what I see is that those that are under the influence of any chemical substances or alcohol, things like that, like it's okay. Um, I see but I there I see a balance, like, but then their outer layer it quote unquote makes holes in their aura. I see where the leakages are. It's just completely okay. leakages. So I personally don't drink alcohol. It's not because what I just I just stopped. Like it just it doesn't agree with my body. Um and um I don't do any chemical substances and you know, but when I'm able to see the outer layer of people's auras when they are under the influence of any type of substance. It, it looks like leaking, but their fields, I work with the fifth layer, which is the etheric template, right? Okay. Um, and my question to you is when you are doing the, when you do the aura profile profiling, are you viewing, which I really want to hear, the outer layer or the etheric template? And can you tell if someone has any type of substance in them? Well, let's let's one I'll, yeah, I'll go I'm through so I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go through it one by one. Can First you tell of all, I'm excited? <laughs> yeah, I can see, I can see, I can see. And it's an interesting question, and I love it because it means that you understand what it is to do this sort of thing. And first of all, people that are on substances tend to have deflated auras anyway. It's mm. like looking at someone in a you know, like a balloon that's going down slowly. And what you see is you see little vents of energy spraying out, a bit like you know when you see a, a hot air vent, you see going out. So you see all that happening. And the, the chemical substances do tend to bring people into different lower vibrations. Right. Um, you know, cocaine, heroin, crack, all this stuff, cannabis, do affect the inner aura. They really have an effect. And mm -hmm. they come out as different shades of green. And you can see it. And it brings the rest of the aura really in close and in tight. And people that are into things that are addictive, like alcohol, like, um, you know, even if you look at things like um, lead in the air, you know, it affects the, the actual aura. You can see the effect it has on the aura. So if someone lives in the city, you'll see a different aura to someone that lives in the country. Is because the you get all the 
yeah, you get all this lead pollution coming through their, their lungs and you, you'll see it as, as you look at the picture. So when I look at a, a, a photograph, and this is how I do an aura profile, I take a photograph of a person, a full-length one, and that is a capture of that person in that moment. So if I was to take a picture of you right now, what it would do is it would capture your aura, how it is this second. And that's a little time capsule for me to be able to dissect the colours, the movement, the energy in that particular aura. If I took it in two minutes' time, it would then be a, a picture of you in two minutes' time, and your aura would have slightly changed. So your aura is not a static energy. It's a movement. The, the photograph takes the actual movement out for me so I can diagnose where the different colours are, the personality traits, the energy, if they're on cocaine, if they're um, eating too much sugar, drinking alcohol, um, meat, another one, you know, people that are diet of meat, it, it changes the balance, the actual heaviness of the colours. So if people that are on drugs, you'll see greens and dark greens. And I call it sea green because it's so many different shades of green in there that you can see that there's different compounds, colors. And that comes across with things like painkillers and um, mm. demisipan and all, all sorts of things that people take um, to make themselves feel better. Cigarettes, cigarettes. Oh, gosh. I mean, nobody would smoke if they knew what it did to them and how it affects the whole of their system. Um, people like yourself don't, wouldn't drink alcohol because alcohol, it totally ages people. Yeah. It ages them inside, and then you start seeing the outside age. And you can tell people that have been addicted to alcohol for a long time because their auras go really lethargic. They're really slow right down. And you can see the little gaps in the middle auras where it affects the emotions because without the alcohol, the emotions get really tense and really wound up. So you're looking at those things. And the personality, of course, is there. It's like um, all the good stuff that you are is there. It's just that sometimes it's buried under a heap of stuff that you've been taking into your body, and that's not always good. But the good thing about an oral profile is that we can reverse that stuff. If we can see it and we can share it with that person, we can show them that there's a good side there. There's a real positive part of them. Or we can show them that the boyfriend they're going to be dating has got you know a little issue around these things and they can make their own judgments about whether they choose to date. Um we can we can look at people in that way. We can give a detailed and an aura profile is really a detailed report of a person. In the moment the picture captures them on film. So when you post your selfies up, that moment that's like giving me a little book to read. So I can look through and say, right, this is what Janet is. This is what she does. This is how she talks. This is what comes out from that. And just write a profile between about 1,000 and 1,500 words wow. detailing where that person is. And people come back to me and go, Dom, how do you how are you able to see that stuff and interpret it? Because I've never been so well seen. I've never had someone tell me about myself in such depth. And I say, well, what it's like for me, it's like me remote viewing a person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if you go into a remote view and you get coordinates and you go into that location and you can see the coordinates. When I do a, uh, an aura photographic profile, 
what I'm doing is I'm going into that person and I'm spending time inside that person because you're actually captured in their frequency. And I just, I just literally lock myself away. It takes four hours to write a report. And I'm just literally with that person inside of them and write the report and then send it off. It's like sending off a, a child because you've, yeah, you spent so much time with it. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you belong to that profile. And then the person will come back and say, wow, thank you. This is what I want to do with this. Can you help me on this area? Can you help me with that area? And then we can set up some sort of self help or some theories or just basically talk to someone because we understand them because they've been able to be seen. Because how many of us hold on to things that we don't want to talk about? Because we don't, know where to start do we and or a profiling gives me a start it allows and you know this with colors you can see someone go wow i really want to get to know that person because they look really interesting and then you see oh no don't want to get to that they look very dark very heavy very 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 um difficult and people do sense the colors and they can be taught to see the colors but they have to be able to understand how to interpret the colors which is all part and parcel of, you know, I think, self-growth. Yeah. Well, that's how I felt when you when we connected. I felt that you saw me, even though you didn't. We, we didn't do an aura profile. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> You're more than welcome to do it live <laughs> if you want to do it live, but I think you need the photo, right? Hello, beautiful angel. So... I just wanted for you to take a moment to pause and just take a deep breath in and exhale and just tune into the awareness, the space that's right in between the inhale and exhale and allow your beautiful soul to listen to the voice that's inside your heart. For it always, always knows the truth. It always knows the way back home to you. It's the GPS of your eternal, your vibrant light. So, beautiful soul, let me ask you a question. Like, have you ever felt disconnected to what was in your 3D world, what appears to be your 3D world, and what you know is your potential? And if you have, like, did you ever have this aha moment, this spiritual awakening, and then ask, oh my God, what do I do with it now? So if you have been seeking a deeper meaning to your life's purpose or soul guidance or want to know the signs and what they mean and how to navigate through from this moment on, then I have the perfect place for you. And this is called the Soul Star Community. This is something where... I, this has been my, my dream of mine for so long because truly in the past few years as the entire globe shifted, like don't you feel that now like we're in this accelerated version of earth school and we need to constantly adjust and process all of our experience in like this rapid pace, like all these life lessons into like a total brand new rebirth, which is happening every single moment it's not just every year on our birthday it seems like it's every day you're not the same person you were yesterday so this brand new rebirth is actually happening worldwide you know this has been quite the journey and we're evolving we're truly evolving into the real us 
And throughout my own life's journey, I've experienced numerous rebirths and incredible miracles that were accompanied by the divine, of course, like quantum healings of my own, my own family members, and the tens of thousands of clients that I have had the honor of facilitating healings. So through the past few years, I have awakened more and more, like even more than I thought I could even imagine to the core of who I truly am. And I know from this moment on, as I took a vow that for the new continuous spiritually evolving me, that whatever role or energy that I surround myself with, it will only be one that is congruent to what my heart feels right. It's all about purposeful living and about surrounding myself with the right vibe, with the right beautiful community. And I just wanted to take a minute to invite you to this perfect nurturing space that I have created. It's called the Soul Star Membership. So this is a private VIP exclusive community for you angels that listen to the podcast, you know, that have followed me on the gram and that have been with me for quite some time. So even if this is your first time tuning in and your heart's resonating with what the pod is about, what my vibration is all about, what this whole entire message is, then check it out. Because every single month, the way that it's going to be structured is I'm going to be channeling in the energy transmission, the energy forecast of the month. And if you tune in live, you get an energy healing as well. So even if you don't show up live, don't even worry about it. It's going to be, everything is recorded on your portal. You have tons of meditations. We have incredible speakers and master classes, beautiful transmissions and channelings of the month. Like you're going to receive the most beautiful, beautiful PDF books every single month that you can grow and evolve with. It's basically like having your own measurable spiritual action plan. Like there's a coach, a spiritual angel that is right by your side as you are in this like beautiful membership. It's an incredible community that is global. And I've been in this realm of work over 20 years professionally, which is wild to me. (laughs) It's absolutely wild. And throughout the two decades of my professional experience as um, an energetic healer and um, the four clairs, I honestly have met the most incredible human galactic souls, truly. And they're all part of the community. So I invite you to join in and to be a part of this beautiful community. There are people from all over the world. So just check it out. It's, you can find me at Janet Namaste slash Soulstar. And for you loyal listeners of the pod, just type in the code JNPOD for an additional 10% off the membership. Your heart, your soul, and the beautiful people that you're going to be surrounded with will 100% be grateful for the choice that you made. So I am looking forward to meeting you, beautiful being. Um, no, I've got, I've got your picture. I've got you there right now in front of me. And well, you know, I mean, that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. By the way, viewers, Dominic and I are 120 years old and we look great because we don't drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't drink. Uh, I, I mean, it's, 
I'm 120 and he's 140. So <laughs> I, I, I feel every minute of that. The, <laughs> the, 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 the thing that I would really do, will say to people is be very aware mm-hmm. of what you're taking in. If, if you're going to, if you're going to drink alcohol, drink it in moderation. Right. You know, don't, don't do things, you know, no judgments, no nothing. But huh. if you want to stay young looking, don't take alcohol. Alcohol ages you. It really does. And it doesn't just age you on the outside. It ages you on the inside. And is it worth it for, you know, two minutes of relaxation because it's a habit and it's an addictive drug? Or would you be sort of thinking, well, hang on, if I had a a non-alcoholic beer, would that be any different? It just tastes the same. It just might not just send me into that stupor. Where I'm not thinking straight, so it's right. just that it's a judgment call, basically. It's a, it's a real good judgment call. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, tell me a little bit, um, and it's up to you if you want to. If you want to read the aura right now for people, you totally can. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I would, you- I would like to also know the steps of what you what you actually are seeing and visualizing. We're not. This is not a four hour podcast, but of of basically of whatever you feel, honestly. Okay. If, if I was to look at you right now, what I, I see is I see two sides to you. There's a really private, tired side that you tend to go into different moods at different times. Now, on the outside of your aura, it's very bright on some of the orange on your right-hand side, which is this side here. Okay. But the actual side of you that is your private side is quite dull. So what you don't tend to have is you don't have too many friends to share the things that you're thinking and doing with. You keep yourself extremely private. I think the trust issues around the way that you think, the way that you do things, the the yellow, which is on in this side, and it goes right in depth in you. It's sort of like freckles, yellow freckles along the side here, shows that you have bouts of imagination. And you really have fantastic um, connected ideas. You like uh, visualize things and get things in, in balloons above your head. So those sort of freckles of imagination, sometimes they come at the wrong time when you're feeling tired and they just they sort of um, blend away into the background. And other times you'll run with them. So you could be quite enthusiastic and really on top of everything. The next minute you just won't be left alone. So your communication style is one of like a volcano at times. It'll be whoosh and then come back and then whoosh and then come back. So so you would you would say everything and then get it out. The the thing that you would not like, and that's where the pink is on this side, is not being heard. You mm-hmm. need to be you need to be allowed to be finishing everything you say. So you will emphasize your points to people that you love two or three times. Because you'll want them to hear you. You'll want them to be demonstrating that they've heard what you've said in the first place. So you won't just say it once. You'll go it over and over and over again. And then once you feel that person's got it, you'll you'll be okay with that. But you expect them to ask you questions. And if they go quiet, you would feel a little bit not quite right. You would feel that that hasn't been settled. And then you come back and revisit it again. So that's part of your personality. And I can imagine that when things worry you, they concern you internally, then you verbalize them. Then if you don't get the right answers, they will concern you verbally again. And until you find the right answer, you will keep going 
and keep going and keep going. And it could be quite annoying in a relationship with a person like that because they don't just accept an answer. They, they, they want to know all the answers. Now, this side here around you, you have a little bit of um, you know, when you when you're eating food, I think you eat food fairly quickly. I think you're used to eating food fairly quickly because you don't slow down. Your body seems to speed up and it doesn't have a regular way of actually digesting. So it doesn't always know when you're eating, when you're not eating. So you won't have a regular pattern of eating at certain points. You'll, you'll tend to graze a little bit, and then you'll go through little bits of um, habits of eating, then you'll move it on, then you'll go back to the habit. So you have familiar foods that you love. You'll have foods that you eat probably mostly all the time. And there'll be times where you'll ground yourself through eating because that's where you've got a little bit of brown around the top half of you down here. And that tells me that your intestines or the part of your body that digests doesn't always know when you're going to be eating. So it doesn't know quite when to prepare itself. So your body probably doesn't know whether it's awake or asleep sometimes because mm -hmm. you don't have a constant. And there's one bit of advice I would say to you, get your routines and your food together. Wait a yeah, and also you've been eating standing up as well uh, because you, you're yes. digestive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you need to sit down to eat, give your body a chance. Okay, that's only what we see from where you are. Yeah, so just the cool. top half of you. That is that that was so so cool. Thank you for that. That's it's okay. <laughs> I think what you just said of me reiterating things, my son would a my my kids and my son and the people that are in the home <laughs> will a hundred percent agree with that because it's also like I think everyone wants to be seen and to be heard, um, and I think people like you and I when being not ostracized, but not wanting to be ostracized. Like we thought that everyone could see what we see, that it's that reiteration, I think is a habit for me to make sure that they got it, that they believe those words. They don't have to agree with it. You no, know, but, but Janet, they'll know when you want to be left alone because you'll make it very clear. Oh yeah. You'll be very clear about it. You're very, very, you'd shut down. And you just wouldn't answer. You'd be very short in your replies. So you would actually close people out mm. if you weren't happy. And there'd be times where people around you would know that you weren't happy, but they wouldn't be able to talk to you about it because you wouldn't be referring. You wouldn't be going back and talking. You'd just close down. So it is part of your personality just to close down. So interesting. So interesting. And I will tell, you know, tell my body <laughs> that I, I promise to to eat at regular times. It's been a little bit crazy. That is that is for sure. Um that was that was really, really amazing. So um when someone you, please after you. Are you glad you asked now? Um yeah well yeah <laughs> if I stop speaking um <laughs> <laughs> I know I know uh, I answer you no I know. Of, course, of course like this is this is about being authentic right this is this is um and I love to showcase people like you who is just extraordinary that have extraordinary gifts and um we have to be vulnerable we have to be authentic so let me ask you something when people are together couples yeah. How do their auric like energy, does it blend in? Like I'm with my husband for 20 
something years in this lifetime, right? So <laughs> does so <laughs> does the book apply to No, but do do when when he goes off to I don't know to Italy on a business trip, is there a piece of my energy of the auric field of uh, of couples that you feel and you sense around someone when you're doing an Ooh. auric? Sure, there is. And I mean, you can't help but pick up the frequency of the person that you are with and that you are around. It, I mean, some couples, yeah, you can look at them and you actually see that their energy is just repelling from each other. And you know that they've had a hard time together or you know that they disagreed about something. And yeah, that's why God's got a sense of humor, isn't it? Because he made man and woman and we disagree about stuff. And it's just the way he has a laugh at times. So, it's very much about how we deal with that lack of communication or that total communication. And like when your husband goes away, of course, he has thoughts of you. He'll miss you. But the fact that he goes away means that he appreciates you more because you're there when he gets back and and vice versa. You appreciate his presence more after he's been away because you miss the, you miss the familiarity. You miss the, the comfort. And when people feel right, they wake up together each morning, don't they? And they feel right. It feels, it feels natural to be with that person. And that's what an aura is like. You see a, a naturally colliding aura that comes in together and it's like they share the same frequencies, oh, the wow. same, the same sort of energy. And that's what pe when people talk about things like twin hearts or twin flames or, you know, I mean, to me, it, I just think of auras, twin frequencies and the way that their colors sort of match and mix. And you can see them around, you, you know, the best example, you know, you've seen, I call them Howard and Hilders, people that wear the same clothes. Have you ever seen oh, those are my in-laws? My in-laws dress a lot. <laughs> Ooh, I better be quiet then. But they definitely don't. They will never listen. Khaki oh, pants and white shirts, or khaki pants and like a blue shirt. They dress. They even have the same haircut. <laughs> Mind <laughs> you, he just—they're like ninety years old. God bless them. But uh, but but they dress alike. <laughs> Point in case. That's what matching auras are like. You see them, yeah, with the blue jumpers and the, the hairbands, and yeah, they, they become one, don't they? Because they have the same frequencies around them. So if you walk through the through the town or wherever you go, just look for these people that have these these matching ways of dressing and thinking and same colors. And it's great to see because it means that people because when you when you actually get dressed in the morning. You don't have a choice. Your body tells you which colors to choose because it matches your aura. So you're thinking, right, um, I'll wear blue today. But you're not making that choice. You're picking on the vibration of the frequency that's around you. So when you've been married to someone for such a long time, you know the colors. You know them. You feel them. You sense the colors. And you don't need to talk because you'll sense the mood. You'll sense the frequency. So... These relationships that you see where people are really connected, they're great because they'll talk for each other. They'll answer each other's questions before they've been asked. They're sort of almost like telepathically linked, you know, together. So they know what's coming. And that's, you know, partly familiarity, but also partly having the same frequency. And you'll also see it the opposite way around. You'll see people that are with someone for the sake of being with them because of their status, because of who they are. And uh -huh. you see certain relationships that are, are dominated by need. 
and you'll see people with totally different agendas and you'll see these relationships. And then sometimes, you know, Janet, you'll see a relationship that, that looks like that, but it'll be connected. There may be sort of 30 years between two people and they've got the same frequencies. So you'll be thinking, wow. So not every time that you see certain conditions means that it's a dependent relationship. It all depends on the frequency of the person and how they match the colors. Oh, that's so interesting. So the clothes that you wear, like today I said, I want to wear a blue dress. I want to wear yeah. something with blue. So yeah. does that match my aura or does that complement the balance of my aura? Yeah, you knew that today was all about talking, communicating, getting ah. your points across. Yeah, and that's where you were within that thing. And and the blue frequencies around you and the purple ones, which mix with the red, because there's some frustration there as well. But those things come in with the clothes that we wear. So if we wear blues, it tends to aid our communication skills and our frequencies are picked up by the connection between the light blues, the dark blues, and sometimes you'll get the moves, which are the, the frustration mm -hmm. of not being able to communicate the way we want to, and yeah, not being able to find those words. So you'll see that too. That's that's amazing. And isn't that like also like the foods that we crave as well, like different color berries or banana, yeah. or right? Yeah, sure. Eat the rainbow. You know, Eat seriously. Eat the rainbow. Just you know, have blueberries, pineapples, strawberries, raspberries. You know, eat different colors because your body craves those different frequencies. You know, everything has a frequency. So a strawberry has a different frequency to a blueberry. Um, eat the things that are actually neutral to your body. And that's another thing we do in aura profiling. We figure out the food groups that people should be eating for the best possible frequencies for their bodies. So they might have been eating something that disagrees with them for years and not realizing why they have a bad stomach or not realizing that they're, they, they might sort of find it harder to keep awake because they're eating artificial colors or artificial, you know, sugars or additives or things like that. So yeah, big, big effect, eat different colors, find different colors and also avoid meat, avoid because every, every time you eat a piece of meat, the vibration on that meat is literally from that animal and right. can, can you imagine it can you imagine i i you know without going into too much depth but it, they don't die well do they yeah, yeah and 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 then people consume them it's it's not nice no i understand i understand which actually it segues to the next question about like um people that have been consuming some artificial sweeteners or additives and what it's done to their body. Can you, when you scan the aura, how do you actually go about with like the healing process first? Like, I love that you do like a nutritional yeah. suggestion, yeah. but, but let's say someone has, um, all right, let's say someone has cancer, let's cancer and sure. a specific, does it like obviously a specific organ? Okay. Like, Let's talk about let's talk about yeah. disease, Janet, a little bit. I mean, there is a train of thought that says that our thoughts create the vibration that create disease. Now, that's not scientific. That's just what people are actually looking at right now. So vibrations create different diseases in people's bodies. Well, that may be true. But when you look at a person, you can always tell if somebody is actually not well. 
because they have a different level of frequency. You can look at, say, a cancer. You can see that that's the block in the vibration of that energy around that source. And that block can be moved. But once the cancer is developed, that's depending on how far that's developed and how far that's taken over with mm. that person. So normally you find these things actually start to develop after years of doing wrong things, you know, thinking wrong thoughts, um, being put through the mindset of being, you know, down every day. So, you know, life's about joy and about happiness and that's a vibration. And I always think one of the best medicines is to laugh and that really lifts everyone's vibration. And, And I think it helps with a lot of these things that we're, we're suffering from, but, when you look at it from a point of view where I am, I can point out the fact that there are things that are blocking the energy. What people need to look at is their routines, what their what's their habits, what their the things that they rely on. You know, some people rely on alcohol, some people rely on nicotine. You think if if someone said to you, "Oh, we look, you can smoke; it's a poison, but you have to pay to smoke, so you have to go and buy cigarettes." Just think of the yeah, how ridiculous that sounds that humans will pay to be poisoned. It, it just sounds amazingly crazy, doesn't it? And and that's the thing. If people will buy poison, they'll buy anything. And it's the whole routine of your life, how you think, your kindness, all those things that I think help us stay into a place where our vibration is young. And if our vibration is young, our bodies stay f- fairly young although we age we're the same we have the environmental constraints around as everyone else does but we're aware there's not one person i know ever that hasn't been aware if they're ill we know when we're ill we feel it it's whether we choose to accept it and do something about it that's so true and does everyone have their like an original blueprint auric color no no no, 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 no. Um, colors mm. and frequencies change around the person depending on their circumstances, right? So if if when I look at babies' auras and I do baby profiles, oh, we, we, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? We figure out what they're going to be and what they're going to have as their partions, you know, what they're going to be good at and how they're going to develop in their lives. And we make predictions about a baby by the aura around it. There's also another sort of training there with past lives because babies are a lot more susceptible to recalling past life situations, and their colours also dictate that as well, whether their memory has a really active part of them because their memories are really active. When you look at some children of, you know, under sort of two or three weeks, their minds are are thinking like our minds. So where's that come from? And that shows up in their vibration. So we can actually see things like that around the energy of individuals. So when we're looking at individuals, no one color stands out. No one frequency stands out. It's a mixture of lots and lots and lots of frequencies. Um, If I was to look at your aura, I could probably pick out about 25 colors right now because you're you're mixing, everything's mixes, but like one of those kaleidoscopes you twist. So I would probably pick out maybe 15 of those to write about because the ones that I would want to leave would be the ones that were mixing between two colours or three colours, then we'd get a, a real 
kaleidoscopic picture of you as a person, but the emotions are complex. And right. everyone has a complex emotional thoughts. And there'll be things that really trigger you into emotional th thoughts. And there'll be things that you're quite accepting of. So that comes from experience. But the experiences you have can build your frequencies as well. So, you know, people are bullied at school and then they get bullied at work. The frequencies are, are slightly different. If they have a mother that's not accepting of them and there's no love, the frequency is altered because the child doesn't feel the love, so they don't always know how to recognize it. So frequencies change blueprints and colors around people, and no one person has the same aura. I've never seen the same aura around two people. I've seen similar auras Mm -hmm. but I've never seen the same. And that's what makes it such a great thing to do because every time I get a photograph through, it's like, wow, this is a brand new person to write about. And it's exciting because I don't know what I might see. I might be seeing something that I've never seen before. And, and that's exciting for me. So every time you're looking, you're looking for new colors, looking for where that color comes in, what the balance of that color is, what that's likely to mean to that person. And it's those little bits of hidden information that you give to people that is there. They're sort of almost like, wow, how did he know that? Where did that come from? Why would he know that I've just eaten my meal standing up? It's that sort of stuff. I know. You, know, you called me out. Oh, my I God. I know. I know. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so used to seeing it that I know the colors. And and you can see where the different things are. And it gives you a it gives you a head start because everyone always says to me, well, you, you can guarantee it. They're meeting me for the first time. The first question is, Don, what's my aura? So I've got, I've got I've got so used to it over the years now that it's just like well this is your aura, you know, and and I get it out of the way with so I can then have a proper conversation, and it's it's quite nice thing. <laughs> well, now that we got that out of the way, that I speak. yes yeah, but I do have to say that our bar stool where we eat in our kitchen. It did break, so I am standing up. I have to buy a new chair. <laughs> you, you really do. You really, yeah, really do. It broke. It broke, and I, I, I have to, I have to go buy one. So obviously, you read that. So right after we get off of this call, I will go order a chair. <laughs> yeah, go and get one. It'll, it'll help you tremendously. Your body will thank you forever. Oh my God, I have, I have so many questions like uh, for you. So going back to the baby. If our if our aura changes depending on different life choices and emotions and things like that, so as do when you do baby profiling, how can you assess? Is it their highest potential when they're a baby of what what predict like predictions of what best path they should go on, what best journey they should go on? If they're cool. constantly changing, then how how do you yeah do well. That? Yeah, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a very simple process. What you're looking at is the colors around that child. Um, a, a yellow baby, for instance, will be musical. They'll be creative. They'll, they'll want to actually go and write or play musical instruments. And, and you will see that the primary colors within the middle aura will be shades of yellow. So very easy. It's like this child is made, is born to play music and to be creative. And you can say, encourage them, put a radio in their room. Yeah, let them listen to music. They'll love you. They'll settle down. They won't complain. Um, then you get another child and he'll have a sort of a, a more blue sort of 
purpley based aura in the middle and you'll go right this child is inquisitive if you don't answer that child's questions that child's going to get very frustrated and they're going to go off they're going to find other sources of information to find their answers from so you need to engage with that child you need to be interactively answering their questions no matter what um you get another child that may have a, a more of a, a sort of a darker aura and they've got this curiosity mind that makes them engineers so they want to go and build things and um make um engines and take engines apart and build bridges and stuff and you say to them get some bricks in their room get them some plain bricks so they can start to manifest what they see and how they're actually building stuff because they're the inventors do you see each and every child has that base color that you know where they're going to go if they're given the right encouragement of course every child is like a ball of clay if you get a child and you want it to be like you well you're just going to teach it what you know if you get a child and you want it to to excel at what it's best at, then you're going to look at the aura first and you're going to learn what it wants to do itself. And you're going to take that on board so you can facilitate that for your child. That's amazing. That's like, you know, parenting 101. It's um, sometimes when the child tells you, I, I don't want to go ice skating. They have no interest in ice skating, but the mother or the father were ice, you know, or whatever, hockey yeah. players or, and you're forcing them to do something that they're not, you know, that was like sure. similar with my daughter. I wanted her to go into dancing school because I was dancing. I wanted her to, you know, get into that gracefulness, but she wanted to be a Taekwondo black belt, play, play football with the boys. And so, and she did tell me, don't make me somebody who I'm not. And when, you know, it's it's so it's so interesting because that's healing the inner child. It would be really interesting if when you do the aura profiling, if you would get a picture of them when they're a baby and to where they are now, like it would be so interesting because that really is healing of we're, we're just children of God, right? You're 140 Absolutely. years old. I'm 120, but we're <laughs> we're <forever Yeah>. children. <laughs> and well, um, yeah, that's so true. And parents do not listen. Parents no. do not listen. They think that because they wanted it, the child should want it. Right. And it never works that way. We should always, everyone, every parent should have a profile when they first have their child. And then they should build their parenting around that profile so they understand the children and their relationships will blossom because they're allowing. They're not, they're not judging. They're unconditional parenting and it works it works brilliantly i think it just brings harmony to the relationship it brings harmony they could flourish in fertile soil without feeling restriction you know that's really yeah. brilliant yeah. oh my god i, I want to ask you now about entities mediumship um like there's there's you know so let's we could can we just like segue a little bit to that because that's another part of of you know of the essence of who you are is the mediumship of you being able to connect to well you tell me i don't want to like okay. uh, uh, it's not the other side per perhaps right no no it's not for me um mm -hmm. it may be for some and i'm open-minded to know that people mm -hmm. have their own beliefs and i always say to people these are only my opinions through my understandings and I, I see 
two things. First of all, I see soul-to-soul communication. Very important, soul-to-soul. Everybody that's ever lived is encapsulated in a soul, and every soul is somewhere. So if you've got a soul that's somewhere, you can connect to it through thought because thought is everything. So I firmly believe that we can talk to people that are no longer in the shape that they were when they were living. So if you have a mom or a father or a grandmother in spirit, but you're talking to the soul of that person, you're not talking to that person. Okay, so they'll have their memories They'll have their identity. They'll have the things that go with that, but they will not have the actual, I'm here in the spirit world. I'm sitting here just waiting for you to come and communicate with me. Because why would people do that? Isn't that cruel to make make people believe that they're talking to someone that's passed? Because when you pass, you change form. So your form is different. And if you're different form, you're actually having a different conversation to what you would have been having if you're with somebody that you think is in the same form as they were when they were your mother. So what you're doing is you're tapping into the claircognience, the universal knowledge that souls actually store and have. And if anyone wants to know what a soul is, a soul is a ball of plasma, um, electricity, energy that can store everything. And that means that, a it record is your soul. That's where it's stored. And it's actually linked to all the other souls across the universe and multiverse, whatever you want to say. And you can probably be on lots of different planets and have lots of different existences all in one go because everything is happening all at once. And so if everything happens all at once, why can't we communicate all at once with whoever we want to communicate with? And that means ourselves, our guides, which are us. We are our own guides. We can go back and we can talk to ourselves. That wisdom is inside of us. Once we start to realize it's inside of us, go and tap into it. You don't need a medium to do it for you. You can be your own medium. Go and go and explore this vibration, this, this length, this frequency that you can actually have. And I would encourage anybody to do that for themselves. Don't go to a medium that's going to charge you a lot of dollars just for sitting you down and saying, I've got an old man here. Who's your granddad? We don't want that stuff. We want the proper situation. I'll give you an example, Janet. Um, I was doing a reading for a lady two days ago and we never met. She just wanted me to see what I could actually pick up for her. So I talked to her, I pick up on the frequency of her voice. And the first thing I got was a view over the sea. Um, from a cliff top and I described the rolling clouds and the sea and the roughness and all the all the bits and pieces and she said Dom what you're described to me just then is the view I'm actually looking at right now so what we picked up on was where she was sat and what she was looking out on wow the next view that came in was her walking through her garden and we described her garden to her and she said Dom you just described my garden then we managed to pick up a few people like uh, a partner that had died um, a few years previous. And we picked up the communication of who he was and what he felt like and his vibration. And it's just a case of being able to share that so they can see that there's life after life. So life is eternal. It goes on. It's not that they're, they're happy where they are or they're pleased to be where they are. They are, they are eternal. And they are still that life force that you can touch into. 
if you want to. So you can reach out to them and you can have a conversation with them, but you can't be looking at them thinking that, oh, wow, they're in a world that mimics this world that is what we call the spirit world because the universe isn't complicated. The universe is so uncomplicated. It's not going to complicate things by making everything the same as it is, you know, twice. What's the point? You live in this life for that. So you're, the actual soul-to-soul communication really is something that I've really, really firmly, happily and contentedly believe in because it's real and it's not anything other than talking to, sharing thoughts, expressing things. And you don't need to ask questions. You just give out the information mm-hmm. because that soul is there for that. And like all your souls, your all your guides, all your lifetimes are all there for you to communicate with if you wish to do so. It's just about knowing about it. And that's how I see mediumship. That's how I see my way of being able to pick up the frequency of the soul from other people uh, through their voice, through their vibration, through their sound. And it's very important. Through the sound of, of your client's voice, you're able to pick up the mediumship of Absolutely. Not just their frequency of their voice, the frequency of their energy. So I could go up to somebody um, like I do on stage. Um, I will just look into the audience and mm-hmm. the person that lights up is the person I'll go to with the message because they're the person to receive the validation that that person is still a part. You know, they're still eternal. They're still living. But they're not living as their dad. They're living as a memory within that soul energy that could be in another person. You know, they I know it sounds really strange, doesn't it? But no, I get it. I get it. And by they're, the, yeah. They're, their dad could be in a person next to them. Yeah. Right. It could be yeah, and and that because time does not exist. Time only exists for us because we live in time. But time doesn't exist. So you they're, they're everywhere. Your ancestors are everywhere. And so are the people that you've known. They're everywhere. They're in little parts of the buildings they've lived in. Their their imprints are still there. That's how we get to hear noises and ghosts and stuff and replay ghosts and stone tape theories and all that because the energy is what makes the frequency vibrate at that particular level. And as soon as we start understanding that, everything comes together. As soon as I removed the spirit world out of the equation of mediumship, it worked for me straight away, straight away. And I've worked with some really, really um, well-known mediums that will talk about the spirit world. And that's their thing. It's not my thing. Right, right. Talking about a granddad, today happens to be my Carl, my grandpa, Carl Marx's birthday. (laughs) Oh, cool. Happy birthday. Yeah. So you you literally remember I was telling you that he was. Yeah, no, I remember you told me. Yeah. Yeah. Got his name slightly different, but Karl Marx. Karl yeah. Marx. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I yeah, love that. Today, today is the, the granddad is like I was just speaking about him before we went. We came on onto the show. I was telling my my husband, I said, wow, today was my my grandpa Max's birthday. And then he said, what language, you know, you speak about him so like so often. And this is, he passed away. I was nine years old, not even nine years old. And he said, what language did he speak to you in? And I said, I don't even remember. I don't know if it was German or Yiddish or, or he said, did he speak English? I'm like, I, I don't even remember, no. but speaking about the frequency, 
this is in the 1970s, early 1980s, what the way that relatives, like he was here in the United States, but the way that relatives communicated during that time is they needed to put pen to paper. They were writing letters. And what he used to do is he used to record my voice on these um, eight tracks. Do you remember the eight tracks? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, on the eight tracks, and he would call me. He would my my Russian name is Jana or Janetta. He would say that's German. He would, he's like, okay, sing, and I'm like a horrific singer. But he thought it was the greatest thing, and he used to record the voice and send it over. So probably somewhere across the pond in your neck of the woods yeah. are some of my eight tracks there. But um. They're having having good frequencies to see the colors on, wouldn't they? Do they even make eight-track players anymore? Well, we can find one. There's always someone you can find. And, I mean, voice frequencies, things like EVPs, um, we pick up from the atmosphere. I've got a frequency. Um, They are fascinating. And people's recordings that things that they did as children, their voices have frequencies. It's like a blueprint of who they're going to become. So it's a great, it'd be a great experiment just to pick up your tapes and have a look at that, wouldn't it? See what colors you have in your voice as a nine-year-old girl. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, there's, from, from, from the moment I was able to speak and I don't even, but I don't even know, it spoke so many languages. So God only knows what, but it's the frequency. It's the frequency. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love your, your, um, your connection and your viewpoint about the spirit world and the soul, because recently um, I, you know, I, I lost somebody so dear to me, but it's not, I lost, he, he transitioned and he was a client, but also someone so dear, very young. And his family was so desperate at this moment in time, because it was, it was like tragic, a life like too soon um, gone from, from earth, from this dimension. And at this moment, she's like, all I want for solace and peace is just to speak to a medium, just to connect, to make sure he's okay. And of course you feel it. It's okay. But isn't that just a false sense of security? I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to be sensitive to that too, of course. Yeah. I get two questions. I get, all I want to know is, are they okay? Right. And did they pass without any problem? Right. That, oh. That's the two I get. And my answers are, first of all, they've changed form. So, of course, they're okay. Yeah, they're, uh, they're eternal, as are you. So the eternity of the soul is not debatable. It's an absolute. And the fact that anybody that goes from their body will go before any trauma the soul will go past and and lift up transcend and you'll be left there and i can give you a story about transcending of souls when i was very young my first experience as a as a um as a child seeing a soul transcend um i was with my my best friend her name was katie and we were five years old and we were going into a little sweet shop to buy some sweets together. Now you can imagine the scene, can't you? You know, I mean, she was lovely, Katie. And we, we always stopped off on our journey home to buy sweets. You, if you, we, we had to get the bus, right? The school bus. And <laughs> if we stopped off, right, about a mile from home, we would save one penny, which is like about five cents 
on the bus fare and we could go and buy some chews and some jelly babies and whatever sweets you want to buy. So we used to do that. And we went into the shop, we used to buy our sweets, and then we used to walk the mile home together. Now, we're talking 1966, okay? Pretty, pretty young kids. And that one day, Katie came out of the shop after me, and she got hit and knocked over and killed by a lorry. Literally, it was there. It, you know, one minute we were we were in the shop. Next minute, I was out. She came out and she walked straight in front of the lorry, and I couldn't do nothing about it. Wow. So, and all I can remember, right, is cheering. I was jumping up and down in elation because I watched her soul transcend. All the adults were running around, and they were going mental. Absolutely, yeah. it was chaos. It was absolute chaos and i was there cheering like i just scored the winning touchdown and it was that sort of elation of innocence because i know that she'd gone home yeah i know that her soul had transcended from her body and that was my first introduction into soul energy and i was very very young and it was i think sometimes i think she must have um been put there for that reason to to be killed you know for for me to understand that yeah and that experience and even now i i think back to those that situation and i can still see it clearly i see it frame by frame by frame it's like it's in slow motion so it stayed with me and and that was 56 years ago so so a lot of a lot of time, but it gave me the insight into that, but still didn't stop me feeling very sad for my friend at the situation. But I couldn't it couldn't be explained to me that I should be angry or sad or feeling because I know that her life went on. And that was that was very young. So that was my introduction really into that, apart from my sort of connections to hearing footsteps outside my house when I was very young I heard footsteps and I got a voice inside my head saying don't worry there's nothing to fear and you get that and as a child you you don't know where it's come from right yeah yeah and I found out later that it come from my granddad's that I never met so those things you sort of link the pieces together and you sort of figure it all out and little things that you remember but you don't really ever live by them. You just remember them. Yeah, and the, they all have yeah. meaning. They all, they all, they have that the depth and meaning, and it's yeah. all, it's all connected. Right. It's all divinely appointed, right? Yeah, you do. You have that sort of backstory, don't you? you yeah. Sometimes you can carry around with you too much. Right. Um, what what I try to think of is that's me. That's some part of my experience is me mm-hmm. and those things were there at those times that are there is sort of reassurance for me about the things that happen but not within this sort of the body of growing old because as you grow old you remember more and more and more and you gather more and more experiences of what it's like to have those things happen to you whereas people go through their whole lifetime and never ever have an experience they never right. come across anything that that is actually different to anything they're told about. And you think, well, wouldn't it be nice sometimes just never have 
and experience like that and 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 still wonder about what the universe is or what is out there what it is to be alive what does it mean to be a soul is there a soul and when you've got definite answers to those questions that you can live your life with then you can go on a bit further and, and look for more look for clearer understandings into why people do certain things or what's the purpose and what's the meaning behind what we do here and our existence. And then we start looking at things like past lives and future lives and mm -hmm. um, yeah, premonitions and dream worlds and all that stuff, which are fascinating, aren't they, when you go into, but also very interesting to explore and take apart piece by piece until you, you find a solution to what you think is acceptable. And then it changes in a second when someone else tells you something totally different. So it's it's really interesting to watch those pathways unfold as you get older. Well, that's going to be our part two, by the way, because time okay. does like it went by so quick. Because mm -hmm. sure. uh, I, I wanted to speak about reincarnation and about uh, soul contracts and all of those those things. So part two, we're we're going to be talking about that. <laughs> it seems yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got I've got views on most things here, Janet. So. That's that's incredible. So tell um, can you tell our audience of where they can find you? What and what projects you're working on now, and um, how okay. they can get in contact with you? Okay, um, website is dominiczenden.info info so just go on there um facebook is dominic j zenden um, instagram is aura profiling basically come and say hi um if you want to email me you can email me at aura profiling at gmail.com yeah that's where i am projects at the moment some exciting tv stuff happening in america right now which i can't really talk about too much but it's it's coming soon all connected to auras um trying to write a book as well about how to break up with your children which is also a a, a thing for adult parenting because it's a, a very interesting part of understanding ourselves is how we separate ourselves from lives that we get dependent upon and because i'm very interested in people and interested in relationships and how we form relationships the actual bit that people struggle with is letting children become young adults so I'm sitting down very carefully constructing this book of how you need to think or how you should be thinking or how you could think when it comes to the changes that happen when your children outgrow you or you outgrow them, whichever way it is, but it, the, the the acceptance of that. So I, I'm, I'm sort of I'm sitting down doing, yeah, doing that. Um, I do lots of aura profiles and, the, the thing that I do a lot, which you were on my show, which was um, Dial the Cosmos, mm -hmm. which is my podcast on all the podcast providers. Um, I interview some really lovely people about their thoughts and their, um, their things that they connect to and their emotions and their um, mental attitude towards the physical and the non-physical and the, the paranormal. Very interested in doing that as well. And um, listen to Dial the Cosmos if you want to listen to a different show about 250 shows on there now of different people talking about their beliefs and me talking about my beliefs. So, so quite a lot to go on at this moment in time, Janet. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time. 
Thank you for what you give out to humanity for your gifts. Like I mentioned before, we're going to go full circle on on that. But really, I am grateful for you and everyone that is going to listen and view this podcast. They will certainly be grateful that um, your existence on this planet Earth really helps ascend the vibration. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. It's been a really nice, and to say the time goes too fast, doesn't it? So yes. look, forward, look forward to our next conversation, Janet. Me too. Me too. Until next time, we'll speak Bye. soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please do rate the show, share it with a friend. This is how we can get the word out and have more people listen to this episode and other ones that you may have been inspired by it really truly means a lot. And once again, if you are looking to attend a live event or any online events, check out janetnamaste.com slash events. Thank you again for your beautiful hearts. Until next time, namaste. Namaste.